You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. I mean, we can run it down in the course of the show. There is, if you try to find someone on the station, on air, behind the scenes, who is more loved than Larry Hardesty, you're going to search high and low. I don't know that you're going to find it. So I I don't want to put it out there that I think that this is the Gordon Damer Show. This is ESPN New York Tonight. What is that? It just so happens to be an edition of ESPN New York Tonight without Larry Hardesty. Larry's off today. He's fine. He's good. He wasn't helping any friends move. He's, he wasn't dealing with the after effects of the su- shoveling of the snow or anything like that. He's good. He will be back tomorrow. We'll be back together on ESPN New York Tonight, which this is. I just want to make that clear. And to show you that that's what this is, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Gordon Damer flying solo up until midnight. Let's run down the stories that we'll be talking about on this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Do we have the music there, Harvey? Yeah, there we go. See it. I told you it's ESPN New York tonight. While the fallout from the Niners Super Bowl loss continues, plenty of blame to go around, boy. Whoa, boy. Pointing fingers everywhere you can find. And uh, the story today, Kyle Shanahan announcing that the, the team has fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes after one season in his lone season with the Niners. Defense had some high points, had some low points, wasn't as good as the defense that they ran in 2022 under D'Amico Ryans, of course, who has moved on to the Houston Texans. Two years ago, they under Ryans, they were uh, number one in points allowed, number one in defensive expected points added. But this year took a, a little bit of a step back during the regular season. And then really in the playoffs, they really sprung some, some leaks against the run. Packers, Lions, Chiefs, all were able to average over five yards a carry and average 149 yards on the ground in the postseason. So we'll see. Kyle Shanahan said that they'll look inside the organization Outside of the organization, you would think that if you're Kyle Shanahan, that you don't make this move without knowing who you're going, or at least having a pretty good idea of who you're going to get. And the, the problem the Niners have now is a lot of the, the, the defensive coordinators, they've been snatched up already. That's one of the problems with losing the Super Bowl and then having to make uh, a coaching change. So. Not good for the uh, 49ers, and they will look to find a new defensive coordinator as Steve Wilkes out after one season. Meanwhile, today, uh, it was supposed to be a day about the Chiefs celebrating their Super Bowl title with a parade through the uh, streets of Kansas City. Instead, uh, I, I, what, too familiar story now? Uh, one person is dead. 21 others were wounded by gunfire at the end of that Super Bowl parade. Of the people wounded by the gunfire, eight were reportedly in immediately life-threatening condition. Seven were in life-threatening condition. Uh, The Children's Mercy Hospital told KMBC-TV that they were treating 12 patients from the rally, 11 of which were children, nine of which had gunshot wounds. A Children's Mercy official said the patients treated by the hospital were between the ages of 6 and 15. Uh, they are the good. They are all expected to recover, at least from the the physical wounds. Um, three people have been detained and are under investigation. So, I mean, I'll say what you say during these times, which will not go nowhere close to um, 
to fixing anything, but obviously our hearts, our thoughts, our prayers goes out to those uh, affected today. And it, I mean, what an awful statement of where our society is, where people can't even go to a parade, a parade. Children can't go and celebrate at a parade without something like this happening. So, uh, look, we're not going to focus much on this story during the show because, A, this is a hard news story. It's not sports. It's not about opinions. It's about hard facts, about something that's happened, a horrible thing that has happened. And secondly, it's always important to keep in mind, while we apparently know some details of what has happened, historically, stories like this, the details change a lot from the initial reports. So we will give you what updates we get if we get any in the course of the show but the main thing is that we hope that the authorities are able to track down the person or persons that are involved in what is just a, a horrific, horrific story. Uh, okay, so other things going on that we will cover in the course of this show. Down at spring training. This is going to come as big news to you. Ready? The Yankees are locked in on winning the World Series. Oh, yes! Yeah! Yeah! Yankee manager Aaron Boone said today, quote, we're hell-bent on being a champion. Oh, I was worried. Were you worried? Were you worried they weren't even thinking about that this year? But no, they said, hey, we're hell-bent on winning a championship. Uh, Of course, Yankees pitchers and catchers officially reporting to camp. Boone went on to say, quote, we understand very well that last year was not anything anyone in the organization wants or demands or expects. I would say we have poured into that. They poured into it. Oh, boy. Uh, From ownership to the front office, the coaches and the staff, all the way to the players. Those lowly guys. The players even got involved. Uh, That I do feel like we have prepared properly. We are ready Oh, thank goodness. We'll get a little bit more into uh, that conversation with Aaron Boone because they had a very uh, compelling conversation about those comments on the K-Show today, and I could not vehemently disagree more with their take. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. But, of course, the other story we'll be uh, covering tonight, Nick's winning streak, of course, or excuse me, losing streak is now up to four in a row as they head into uh, the All-Star break. Remember when they were winning nine in a row? Or even at the trade deadline, we're thinking, all-Star break couldn't come at a worse time. The Knicks are rolling. We don't take a break. Oh, boy. The All-Star break. Has anyone ever gotten to the All-Star break or needed it more than the Knicks? The Knicks are like a horror movie right now. The people dropping like fuck. You forgot they were even in the movie. They're not even the main character. Everybody's dropping. Hartenstein and uh, DiVincenzo, Bogdanovic. He just got here and he's already hurt. So they were all out tonight along with the the typical one. You know, Knicks were basically playing really with six guys tonight. I mean, with all due respect to Taj Gibson and Jacob Toppin at this point, uh, it goes, it's been said a thousand times, it's as obvious as you can get. Knicks need to get healthy and just kind of hope that this stretch does not come back to haunt them come playoff time. They got, what, 27 games to go? Uh, And... The question is not just when they're going to get these guys back that have all been hurt. It seems like the ones that were out tonight specifically, they'll be back when, when the schedule resumes. But whenever you have guys that are out for a period of time, if they get back, are they going to stay back, right? Like you had with Hartenstein, he was out for a little bit because of the Achilles, came back, and then was hurt again. And the Knicks' motto right now has to, it's usually more associated with March, but it's the Knicks' February motto. It is survive and advance. (laughs) 
survive in advance. They have to survive this stretch. And, you know, for saying the Knicks' first four-game losing streak of the season, is it really the Knicks, though? That, that was not the Knicks on the floor, right? I, I brought this up when, when it was the trade deadline, and they were even, I think, more shorthanded than they were tonight because of the trades and the players involved. I brought it up to Larry. It's like going to see an 80s band now where you show up and the 80s band is not the same 80s band. It's, it's, it, there might be one guy from the original band, and it's a whole bunch of guys. You're looking around, like, who's this guy? It's like going to see Leonard Skinner. There's no original surviving members of Leonard Skinner. I don't know who these guys are, but they're not Leonard Skinner. And, well, they had Brunson tonight, so that's at least one. But, uh, look, the Knicks have to get healthy. You can kind of dismiss this loss as just a a function of playing so shorthanded. But you got to get healthy. And if they don't get healthy, it's not going to matter. Also, I will just throw out, Jalen Brunson's just incredible. Even even on a night where you would think, with as many injuries as the Knicks have, they're not going to win this game. Brunson's been banged up. Maybe have him sit before the All-Star break. Just get him a little extra rest. He goes out there for what was it, the first six minutes. He had 12 points. He had 20 points in the first quarter. He finished with 33. He's amazing. The Knicks just have to get healthy. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. And those are the stories we will be covering tonight on this edition of ESPN New York tonight. All right, so uh, we'll get some phone calls involved here. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, Let's uh, talk some Knicks, talk some football, talk some 49. The one thing I wanted to hit on before we get to the call, why are people still talking about the overtime rule and the 49ers not being aware to a man about how the overtime worked? Why is that still an issue? It did not impact the game. Now, I would, I would bet if you could give the Chiefs truth serum, there are players on the Chiefs who didn't probably know the rule. We see this all the time. Yes, the players should know. The coaches in two weeks, you would think, would get around to at least mentioning it repeatedly so everybody was on the same page. These guys are, are, are control freaks to the nth degree. But the, the, the overtime rule did not impact the game. Everyone on here's what I know. While the Niners might have known how not known the rule, they knew that if they kicked a field goal and the Chiefs scored a touchdown, the game was over. There was no confusion about that. There wasn't anybody on the Niners thinking, well, we can give up, we can give up a touchdown here and then we'll get the ball back and we'll score a touchdown. No, they knew that aspect of it. Now, maybe they didn't understand the time of it because it's like it's just the first quarter. And I know uh, a lot of people were kind of freaking out. Why aren't they calling a timeout? The Chiefs is the drive is go. OK, fine. Maybe they didn't know all the ins and outs of it. And it's not a great look for Kyle Shanahan not to have that level of detail kind of buttoned up. But I don't know. Just, and, and, and it would be one thing if we had nothing else to blame. There was a lot of things to blame. There's plenty of things to go through from, from the defense melting down to, to kicking. To me, the biggest part of it is the defense crumbled. They were gassed. I think that that played a factor into why Kyle Shanahan decided to take the ball first because he wanted to give his defense a break. Think about it. After having an eight-minute break of game time, which was what, probably about 15 minutes, maybe a little bit more than that, the Chiefs pretty much walked down the field. I know they had a fourth down, but... They, they pretty much walked right down. How, how do you think that the defense would have fared 
going right back on the field if they had decided to kick. I'm pretty sure the Chiefs would have still scored the touchdown. That's what I'm saying. So that, to me, is the is the problem. And going the, the mistake was was not just not ta- uh, was not taking the ball. It was going for the field goal. Field goals are not going to beat Patrick Mahomes when he has a chance to do something. It has to be the last play of the game. Now, if it was sudden death, okay, fine. Field goal beats, all right, fine. But much like with the Bills, when they missed their field goal, it doesn't matter that they missed the field goal. The field goal was not going to beat them. That might have tied the game, but with a minute and 30 to go, trust me, Patrick Mahomes, you know it, I know it, the Chiefs know it, the Bills know it, the Niners know it, everybody knows it. We're all on the same page. That was not going to stop Kansas City. And it's wild to me that Shanahan went for it on a fourth down during the game, scored a touchdown, which was the right call. I didn't hear many of the uh, the take the points crowd after that one. And it's funny because, like, to me, there were several mind-numbing decisions by coaches in the playoffs. Shanahan kicking a field goal in overtime and thinking that that was going to be able to, to hold up and to get a third possession. Um, Sean McDermott kicking a field goal, thinking the tie game was going to get the bill someplace beyond uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But the, the coach who got the most heat was Dan Campbell for going for it. Doesn't make any sense to me. All right, so 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's start things off with uh, Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, what's going on, my man? Well, first of all, uh, glad to talk to you. I'm going to make you laugh now. So this was predestined tonight. Uh, my wife is Valentine's Day and her mother and my wife's best friend. They've been best friends since third grade in good Holy Spirit Catholic school. That's why we moved down here. We had plans to go to the Mahaffey Center, 2,000 seats to see Gladys Knight. Pip- pipless. But uh, they have to have three backup singers. So I was telling Chantel, Chantel went to see Gladys Knight with her mom at the National Coliseum years ago. And God bless Gladys Knight, 80 years old with cancer, an hour and 10 minutes, no break, closed it out with midnight uh, ride to Georgia, mm-hmm. midnight train to It was just, and I, and I, then I get, the, I get, I, I, I watched the whole Nick game. I speeded it up and I said, I had no chance tonight. You know, I said, free money again with Florida betting. But I said, this isn't even fair. Get to the all-star break. You lost four games. You you're trying your best, but you're playing your best player and then player, what, seven or eight with a chewer? And that's the way it is. That You get beat up better now than March, Gordon. That's all I'll say on the sports. But i got to make one more comment about Gladys Knight. So I'm hanging around. I'm being introduced to people. One guy says he's a really big fan. He's a sports fan of the football giants. I said, let me see how good you are. So the first time I met you was at that sports bar over somewhere. And and I pulled this off. You'd be proud of me. So I said, right, you name these two ex-giants, and I'll pay for your tickets. And Joe Morris was with you. You remember that trip? Uh-huh, sure. I'm showing the picture. Joe Morris is, I'm small, so he's my size. He mm-hmm. says, and it's a running back. I said, yeah, second most yards probably behind Tiki. Yeah, I care. And I see I got the guy. And then he pulls it out of his rear end. Joe Morris. And then I take a picture of me and you. There you oh, go. That guy looks familiar. That guy looks familiar. I said defensive back. And he's thinking, I think, I know who it is. And he guesses someone. I said, no, it's Jason Seahorn. You lose. And he pays me. I said, I can't take the money. So you were Jason Seahorn tonight. There you I go. You're tall. Well, You're tall. Look, I, I've been called worse. 
No, Jason Seymour was a good Yeah, he's a good-looking good dude. Yeah. Yeah, good you're, you're a handsome 53-year-old well, man. I don't know about that. But I made the right I made the right decision because the Knicks this is this is unfair, Gordon. It's it really is. But better now than March and we'll be fine. We're gonna yeah. be fine. Um you're off next week because it's schools are closed? Yes. No, well yeah, we're uh, I'm taking a little I always like and, and Spike, thanks for the phone call. I always like to take a little vacation if I can, uh, after the football wraps up and the the NBA All Star weekend and stuff like that. Kind of recharge the batteries in the month of February, which is a, a brutal month. Ugh, February. Ugh. February is the worst. If we were drafting months, February would be dead last. That would February would be Mister Irrelevant. It would be month irrelevant. Uh, it's uh, the weather. It's depressing. It's depressing. But here's the thing about the Knicks. Yes, once you when you get healthy, assuming you get healthy, you will be fine. But what state? Where are you going to be in the standings when that happens? Because again. When we come back from the All-Star break, that's about the time, I think, where Randall will be reevaluated. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be back in there anytime soon. So when is that going to happen? It doesn't really seem like anybody knows right now. So what state are the Knicks going to be in when that happens? When, when the trade deadline came, the, the thought was, well, the Knicks could be the three seed. They might even be the two seed. Now they're the four. And they're only, uh, what, a half game ahead of the Sixers for five. They can't continue. It, it's great to get some healthy bodies back, and they'll be more competitive if they have DiVincenzo and Hartenstein and, and uh, Bogdanovich. But the two big ones, that's, that's the real question. Where are the Knicks going to be in the standings by the time those guys get back? Uh, and until they get back, you don't know when that's going to be, and you have to hope that when they do come back, again, they stay back. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Subi. Subi is in Midtown. Subi, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon, I just wanted to make two quick points. One quick point on the football issue is that everyone who is complaining about the 49ers, I just wanted to know what they were, what, what team they were betting on because in overtime it's 50-50. It's a lottery. And it's not like the 49ers weren't, didn't go to the red zone. They could have easily scored a touchdown if it was only one pass Brock Purdy could have made to Debo, I think. So that's one quick point is that, you know, everyone's complaining about Kyle Shanahan. I don't think you can blame him that much. He's still an elite coach. And the second point with the Knicks is they still have all these draft picks. They could have bundled all those draft picks for at least another core of three players off the bench. And that you have to ask Leon Rose what he was thinking because those draft picks, like, uh, they're not going to mean much going into next season either. It's just going to be another waiting game with these draft picks. And I think they could have used those draft picks to get – uh, a retool of the of the bench. That's all I got to say. All right, Zuby. Well, look, uh, I mean, I don't think that you could have the foresight to think that the injury issue was going to be this severe. Uh, and I think that what you're saving those draft picks for is for the big move. It's not for the back end of the rotation. It's for the very top of the, the, the roster. Uh, and, and I don't know what player that will be. Uh, I still kind of think that it will. It could end up being Donovan Mitchell. Maybe it's, it's somebody different. I'm not sure. But the the, the real insiders um, in NBA circles seem pretty convinced that between the end of this season, the off season, and the start of next season, that there's going to be one of these guys that shakes free. And you want to have the resources to be able to make that move if it does come available. You know, that's the thing. Outside of Donovan Mitchell, 
and we can argue whether or not he's a superstar or he's just a star, if he left the Knicks level from where they are to where they could be, he's really the only guy that even fits into the conversation that would fit into this Knicks team. Like Dame Lillard's a little bit older and really doesn't match up with where the Knicks are at in terms of the, the timing of, of trying to win. So um, he's the only one that's kind of shaken free. So I think the Knicks, that's one of the reasons they didn't want to give up any first-round picks in the trades that they made, and they've been rightly credited for not doing that. They were able to make the deals that they made and, and bring in some, some help for the now and for the future without giving up those first-round picks because those are kind of earmarked for the big move, whatever that does come. And ultimately, as great as Leon Rose has been, as many great moves as he has made in his time here running the Knicks, he will ultimately be judged by that move and how it impacts. Does that get the Knicks up to an NBA Finals and NBA Championship? It's all well and good right now. And it's great to make this move is great. And Josh Hart move is great. And, and uh, Brunson's fantastic. And all these great moves. But ultimately, it'll be judged by that. Uh, Joe is in Lakewood. Joe, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon. How are you? I'm good, Joe. Hey, I think uh, Shanahan made a mistake in the overtime for not taking the ball for one simple reason. Because assuming everything happens the same way that uh, Kansas City scores the touchdown and they get down to the red zone, then you don't have any decision about making a field goal. Then you, ha- then you have to go for the touchdown, and he would, and he wouldn't be conservative. So you're right that the defense would have given up the touchdown anyways, but there's a good chance that you that, that at least you tie the game and then, you know, it's sudden death and you never know what happens. Well, look, I hear you, Joe, and, and thanks for the phone call. But you're say, you said there the thing, assuming that things happen the same way, right? I mean, I don't think you can assume that the things are going to – you have to make the decision in real time. Now, he also said that he felt like analytically – and, and I, I would say this to any coach – any manager, anybody who's running a team, a sports team, a college team, pro team, never say your decisions come from analytics. You can say we, we ran the numbers, I guess. Maybe you can say analytics is the boogeyman. If you say analytics, there is a large portion of your fan base, of sports fans at large, who will disagree with you no matter what you say. If it works, if it doesn't work, analytics is the you would be better off cursing on the air than than say analytics if you're a manager. That's how that's how taboo that word is. So the fact that he said analytically we ran the the, the numbers basically and it, it it was better for us to get the ball first because we wanted to have that third possession. Well, okay, fine, but you have to put some real world thinking into that. Because if you want to, all right, we got to get to that third possession. That, that third possession, right? We get a possession, they get a possession, and then it's it's a free for all. Then it's sudden death. Well, what do you think is going to happen if you kick a field goal? They're going to get a touchdown. It's like the line from um, oh, what was that movie? Uh, Sean Connery, The Untouchables. You, 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 they they bring a knife, you bring a gun. If you kick a field goal, they're going to score a touchdown. So you're not going to get to any third possession. That's the, the, like, analytics are all well and good on a piece of paper sometimes, but you have to put some real-world thinking into it. And, and to me, the biggest mistake that Shanahan made was not going for it and going for the touchdown because a field goal is not going to beat Patrick Mahomes 
when a Super Bowl title is on the line. I don't even think it's going to be – I didn't think it was going to beat the um, – the, the, the Bills, when they were kicking the field goal, just simply for the tie. So certainly in this spot, it was the wrong call. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we'll take more of your phone calls. But I think I might have been able to solve a Jets problem that I'm not even sure the Jets are aware they have. I'll explain what I mean coming up. It's the Gordon. It's not the Gordon. It's ESPN New York tonight. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Today is obviously Valentine's Day. Hopefully you have uh, showered the one you love with uh, signs of affection. That's all worked out. You don't want to forget that one, especially if you're dating. Once you get married, kind of not the pressure. But when you're dating, that's you're, you're still in the courting stage. That's the, you gotta you gotta show up there. You, you got you gotta you gotta represent in, at that moment. But I, I still get to, at, at this point of my life with kids, it now has shifted. I get my wife a little something, but I get my daughter something for Valentine's Day. So I was looking at uh, at cards, a Valentine's Day card, and I have a philosophy, and I think it's a brilliant one. It's one I came up with on my own. The first time I go shopping for cards in any given year. I get all my cards at that time. So I get my wife a birthday card. I get her an anniversary card. I get her a Valentine's Day card. And then I get her, I get a blank. I, I get, because at some point in the course of the next 365, something's going to go wrong. I'm going to need an extra card just to say, hey, you know, I, I, my bad. Do you see what cards are going for now? I get my card. I go up to the thing. I check out. I do it. I get, I, I'm thinking about I ring it up, I get the credit card, I remember to finally take the credit card out after it's dinging there for like three minutes, I'm standing there like an idiot. Take your card, take your, oh, right, right. And I'm walking back to the car, and I'm doing the math in my head, I say, wait a second, how much do these cards cost? I got a card that cost eight dollars. Eight, and it's not, it doesn't come with confetti, it doesn't play music, it's just a regular old card. A A piece of paper, and an envelope. Eight do- We're paying $8 for cards now? And I'm pretty sure that was the blank. It didn't even have anything written in it. I'm paying $8? That is outrageous. Outrageous. $8. That is steep. I should have went to the Dollar Tree or something. They got cards. It's just it's the thought that counts, right? That's what everybody always says. Nobody's ever going to look on the back. Oh, he got me an eight dollar card. It's nice. This is so much better than a twenty five cent card. Maybe I got to start making them like kids do. Just do that. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. Gordon Dammer flying solo tonight. Larry will be back uh, tomorrow night. I think that that story would resonate better with Larry. He'd appreciate that. Eight dollars. What are we doing? <laughs> What is ink cost that much more? What should a card cost? Two dollars, three dollars, eight dollars? What is that? Gold in the ink? I think that I have solved, I can't solve the card crisis, but I think I have solved a jet problem that jet fans don't even, well, jet fans do. I shouldn't say that. The, the jets don't realize that they have. Here's the, here's the scenario. And tell me in this scenario, who says no? Who says no? So the news comes out about the 49ers. They fire Steve Wilkes. They need a defensive coordinator, right? 
in the press conference with Kyle Shanahan today, he mentioned the defense under D'Amico Ryans, who was the previous one, but he's now with the, the Texans, and the one before that, Robert Sala. I also did a little research. The Niners, they have two third-round picks this year. They get a compensatory pick for something or other, third-rounders. Who says no in this scenario? The Niners call up the Jets, and they say, hey, we want Robert Sala back as our defensive coordinator. Robert Sala's contract, I think, is like it has one more year, and it's, it's roughly like $2 million, which is not insane for a defensive coordinator. He goes back to the Niners. He's their defensive coordinator. The Jets can then go out and hire Mike Vrabel, who should probably have a job anyway. It would, you want to make Jet fans happy, you bring in Mike Vrabel, Jet fans would be happy. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, it's obvious who says no. Robert Sala would say no. Would he, though? Are you sure about that? Are you sure he wouldn't be okay with going from a head, I get it, head coaching job. You'd rather have the head coaching job than the D coordinator. He might be making that move this time next year anyway. And if he would never admit it, but again, truth serum. We need a lot of truth serum on this show. If you could give Robert Sala truth serum and he could go back and stay as the Niners defensive coordinator for a little while longer, pass on the Jets job and get some other opportunity, do you think without knowing what that without knowing what's behind door number three, do you think Robert Sala would say, Hey, I would I would go back in time? This is like going back in time. He goes back to a team that he's very familiar with, that he's had success with, who they would probably drop everything to be able to bring him back. And he might be that in a year anyway. And at this point, if he's not going to be a head coach long-term, which seems like a pretty good possibility that that could be the case, he's going to have to re- where better to kind of rebuild the resume then going back to where you've had your ultimate success with the 40. Again, who says no? Who says no in that scenario? Niners get what they want. Jet fans get what they want. Robert Sala kind of gets what he wants. It's better than announcing new uniforms, right? I mean, this would get Jet fans more excited than new uniforms, right? Who is putting that information out? Hey, the Super Bowl just ended. Don't worry, guys. Jets are going to have new uniforms next year. Guys, read the room. Read the room. That's not the time to put that announcement out there. I just I don't know who says no in that sense. I would I would guess probably Salah, but you have to be a little forward thinking. You got to be able to to think three steps ahead, which I don't know that that's necessarily a strength there. But I think it could work out for everybody. And could you imagine how excited would you if you're a Jet fan that you wake up tomorrow you find out that that Mike Vrabel is now going to be the new head coach? I think the Jet fans would like it. Here I am. Here I am trying to help Jet fans and, and the Jets organization with a problem they didn't even know they had. That's what I'm about. I'm about bringing people together. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Ray is in Brooklyn. Ray, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon, good evening, man. Listen, I just wanted a couple of points, right? I just wanted – the first thing I want to lead with is I kind of want to, like, echo what you're saying because I feel like a lot of other people and a lot of other hosts um, and fans, they're like uh, waving the white flag and 
feeling deflated. Listen, this is not the New York Knicks that are out there. There's, there's yeah. a guy from the Snoopy cast that's out there named Charlie yeah. Brown. Like, so everybody needs to calm down. When the team gets healthy, nobody's going to want to see the Knicks. And I'm going to tell you one thing. The only team you got to avoid in the first round is Boston. And you know what? Even if the Knicks, uh, you know, finished as an eighth seed or whatever the case is, Boston doesn't want that either. That team has a glass jaw. They, they almost, Atlanta almost forced game seven against them last year in the first round. That Atlanta uh, team is not this Knicks team. So I'm not afraid of anybody. But, you know, of course, you know, you would like to avoid them in the first round. So um, if you play Indiana in the first round, I don't see the Knicks having a problem. Cleveland, I don't see the Knicks having a problem. Philly, not, you know, that'll probably go six games. I see the Knicks winning. We're just tougher mentally, psychologically, and emotionally than these teams. Um, the only other team that can compare with us, you know, emotionally and psychologically and mentally is Miami. But um, the other thing I want to say, Gordon, you was bringing up like possible like, uh, you know, trade scenarios in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, I agree with you. Donovan Mitchell is always, you know, that's the one that's always been out there, and I wouldn't mind that at all. But also, um, how about, right, if Zion Williamson stays healthy all season, he just turned 23. But hold on, Gordon, let me finish. They were second last year in the Western Conference before he got hurt. He's amenable to playing. You know, he would love to play here. He, would, he wouldn't mind. His shot attempts are down now, um, and he's not playing with a guy on the level of Jalen Brunson. So I think he would be more amenable to being a second fiddle than Julius Randle actually is, and he averages one entire turnover less than him. He's an excellent ball right. handler. Right. And his, right. his Come on. Floor, you, you know what I'm going to say, right? Right. You know what well, I'm going to say. Hold on. His floor. Right. But let me just come say on. This, you're, you're spiraling you're here. You're, you're spiraling here. No. I, I look, Ray. I appreciate the phone call, but as I, what, we're just firing off the siren at will now. We, we don't even have a reason for firing off. The, there has to be a reason behind the siren. You mean you mean to tell me you couldn't? You, there's no, there's not one reason that you, that you can find. Well, that we phone have call to before. establish the ground rules on the siren before we just start throwing it out. The people are listening to their cars right now. Say, why are they blowing a siren? Is that the cops behind me? They're freaking out. You you have to kind of lay the ground rules out for why the siren gets. God be there while you're driving anyway. Look, Ray, I appreciate the phone call, but you you know what I'm going to say. And uh, I learned this lesson from I learned most of my best lessons in life from watching television shows. And uh, there was an episode of the Brady Bunch where they used the term caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. So when you're bringing up names of, of possible stars that the Knicks could go get, it, it's, not, uh, it's not all that uh, original that Zion, certainly his name has been mentioned before. How are you going to try? It, it doesn't come, he doesn't come with a warranty. He doesn't come with, uh, it, it's, it's as is. You're taking him as is. And... Given his health history, caveat emptor, buyer beware. I don't think that I can put my – I can't have acquired all these assets and then sinking him into a guy who is constantly hurt at his age. Again, how do you think that that guy's going to age? If he's hurt at 21, 22, 23, what do you think he's going to be like at 24, 25, 26? They don't, players don't generally get healthier the more they go. doesn't generally happen. So, no. That is not an A. I, I love him as a player when he's out there, but I can't trust him. I can absolutely not trust him. And I, I kind of feel like Leon Rose and this regime has kind of turned around the same old Knicks, but you could definitely see them going out and getting that guy and him coming here and then just immediately going down with, with something or other. Serious. All right, let's go to uh, Sammy is in Brooklyn. Sammy, what's going on, man? 
Hi, Gordon. Hey, Sammy. I just want to ask a quick question. Sure. About Steph Curry not making the All-Star game. About Steph Curry? Well, he is an All-Star. He's not a starter, but he is on the All-Star team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, uh, I, you know what, Sammy? They have a bunch of different rules. It's not just the fan vote anymore. There's other aspects that go into uh, who's an all-star starter and who's just on the team. But in the NBA, it's not really about being the starter, per se. It's about playing in the game. And um, he, he's going to be there. So I, w- I wouldn't worry your, your sweet little head about it. Okay? All right. Bringing people together. That's what I do, people. This is what I do. Despite the, the best efforts of people who are operating on the show, just firing off sound effects at will, they work against me. They, they, would you, honestly, do you think that, that Harvey, yeah, see, right. You think Harvey would be doing this if, if Larry were here? Larry would just give him a look. He, he would just give him a look, and, and, and Harvey would, would clean things up. I got to practice on my look. I'm not as intimidating as Larry is sometimes. And Larry's a sweetheart, but oh boy. You know, you know those people that you have like one parent who gets mad all the time, and then you have one parent who rarely gets mad, but when they get mad, that's the one you got to worry about. That's Larry. That's Larry Hardesty. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up. We'll get more of your Nick calls, more on uh, the Super Bowl, if you still want to weigh in on that. We have some sound, which is not going to go well for <laughs> Kyle Shanahan from the incident that took place with the overtime and everything else. When you get to hear how the Chiefs reacted to the Niners deciding to take the ball at overtime, this is not going to bode well for Kyle Shanahan. So we'll play that coming up. Aaron Boone talk, which everybody loves always. Lots to do. One hour still to go. It's Gordon Damer on ESPN New York tonight. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. We've been talking a lot about the Knicks tonight, talking a lot about the Super Bowl tonight. And, and this is, I, well, look, what, it's Wednesday now, Thursday tomorrow. This is usually the time, unless there's something really super controversial, like the uh, the year the Seahawks decided to, to throw the ball, stupid, the, still to this day, the dumbest decision in the history of decisions in the Super Bowl, uh, or um, maybe the year that the, the Falcons blew the 28-3 to lead, which I said at the time, if you were a Falcons fan at that point, you have to just stop watching football. There's, you will never recover ever from having that happen to you because even if you get to another Super Bowl you'll still be thinking about the time you blew a 28 to 3 lead so this is usually the time where the Super Bowl talk starts to fade a little bit right we've kind of talked it to death at this point we've gone on all the ins and outs and even this year the, the decision by the Niners to take the ball first that's carried for a couple of days in terms of sports talk and all the different shows but it's starting to fade I don't know though that it's going to fade because there is obviously footage, game footage of the Niners and the Chiefs, how they reacted to the decision in real time. This audio that's coming up, we're going to play. It's about a 30-second clip, and it comes from the game from inside the NFL. Where, where, where did we find in, inside the NFL? Is that on Netflix now? Is it's that on, on the C- CW. I think you can watch it on Netflix too. 
It's on the CW. I don't even know what that is, but uh, it's on something, and we want to give credit to Inside the NFL. used to be on HBO back in the day. Len Dawson, Nick Bonacani. Anywho, this audio is a reaction from all the the people involved, from the Niners, from the Chiefs. You hear uh, Patrick Mahomes, which will be instantly recognizable. Kyle Shanahan, the saying, we, we want the ball. This is the main thing is listen to how the Chiefs react when the Niners win the toss and decide to take the ball. Play it, Harvey. We want the ball, Fred. San Francisco, you are still the visitors. What is your call? Tails again. He called Tails again. It is Tails. You want the ball? Which way do you want to kick? We're going to kick that way. San Francisco received first and overtime. Good luck, gentlemen. They want it. They want the ball. They wanted it. Hey, they want it. They wanted it, baby. We want them to have the ball. They want it. They can have it. Okay, so there you hear Mahomes, and then immediately following that, I think it's Kelsey, right? I think it was Kelsey also. So the Chiefs, as soon as the Niners (laughs) decide to take the ball, they are ecstatic that they've decided to take the ball. Uh, and and you hear, uh, I think it's Kyle Uchek there saying about even if they even if we score a touchdown, they still get a chance to. So he knew the rule. Uh, I think the, the the playing up of the the rule and the knowledge of the rule has been played out. I don't think that that was really that big a factor. The taking of the ball is a controversial one, um, and clearly one <laughs> clearly one that backfired. To me though, if you're taking the ball, that's fine. To me, it's it, that that's not the biggest deal. The biggest deal is kicking the field goal. You can't settle for a field goal in that spot. You have to approach it the same way you would if you have uh, if you're taking the ball second. You have to decide. We have to score a touchdown. We have to use all four downs. We got to score a touchdown because we know the the worst we want to come out of this is with a tie. And if we come out with a tie, okay, then we get the third possession and then we can kick a field goal. But you can't kick a field goal on the first one because you know Patrick Mahomes ain't going to settle for a field goal. That's for sure. Especially knowing he absolutely has an extra down. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, Dave is in the car. Dave, what's going on, man? Hey, what's happening? Um, I'm going to just throw something out there with respect to the Super Bowl and a couple of other playoff games. You know, I look at the Niners roster, and I know we're going up against Mahomes, but I look at the Niners roster, and all I keep saying to myself is they are loaded with talent and for the life of me the fact that Kittles I think it was pointed out the other day that Kittles uh Samuel um and the Ayuk. other receiver Ayuk. yeah Ayuk did yeah Ayuk didn't break 100 yards right and then there was mentions there was mentions like they didn't want to run McCaffrey into the ground they didn't want they wanted to make sure that he wasn't getting worn out and um, then there's all these timeouts they kept in that back pocket before halftime. And at the end of the game and overtime, they had timeouts. Shanahan, I believe, as head coach, even though you're not the defensive coordinator who just got fired, you can call a timeout if you see something's not right. Like the best player in the NFL driving down the field with the best momentum and rhythm you can possibly imagine and be frightened of. So how in the world can the 49ers organization look at their head coach who basically gets deep fried in, in the biggest moments of the organization's history and, and not consider showing him the exit. Scapegoating the defensive coordinator out. 
Saving McCaffrey for what? It's the Super Bowl. Run the brakes off that guy. Am I wrong for feeling this way? Well, look, I will, I will disagree with you. I'll agree with you on some things, Dave, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, in terms of their rosters, you can have all the talent you want. I think the Chiefs are the better team. Their defense is a better defense. They were a lockdown defense. They, they held McCaffrey in check uh, outside of a play here or there. They were able to take Kittle out of the game. They were, they were able to, to impact with their pass rush, and, and Steve Spagnuolo was able to get home in the biggest moments of the game down the stretch. So I would disagree that the, that the Niners roster is a better roster. Uh, at the end of the day, it's about what do you get out of that roster, and, and we can look at maybe the talent on the Chiefs and, and say it's not as good star-laden. They got produ- their, their defense was locked down, uh, so I, I would disagree with that. Uh, the not running, right, there is no tomorrow. This is it. So worrying about running the running back into the ground or anything like that really shouldn't be um, a big deal. Look, I will not be surprised now with this audio coming out and all the shows playing this. There's going to be more and more calls for, for oh, well, Shanahan's fault. He melted down. He melted down when he was the offensive coordinator. They melted down a couple of years ago. They melted down here. Just realize, on the other side, all people were saying all those things about Andy Reid at times, too. Andy Reid used to be the guy who couldn't win the big game. He was the guy who got fired with the Eagles. They couldn't. They got to a Super Bowl. They melted down with, with uh, Donovan McNabb in the big moments of that Super Bowl. So Kyle Shanahan, if, if the Niners ever, and I don't think that they will, ever fired him, he would be out of work for 10 seconds. Another team would snap. Everybody's running his system. Now, does he have flaws as a coach? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, has he made mistakes? Absolutely. And, and should you be concerned about that? Yeah, probably. But uh, the, the idea that he should be taking more heat or, or should pay more of a price for the failures of his team, uh, I don't agree with that one. I don't agree with that one. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll continue to talk Knicks. We'll continue to talk Super Bowl. But I don't know if anybody heard it. Aaron Boone is back. The Yankees are getting ready in spring training. Aaron Boone had some comments today. And uh, if you didn't hear him already, you're going to want to hear him because, as it turns out, the Yankees are are going for it this year. They're going to try and win a World Series, which is what everybody wants. And uh, it's good to hear that the manager is on board with that. So we'll get into that coming up. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's not really, though. It's ESPN New York tonight. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York.